Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to The Platform. I'm your host, Chad Balthrop. And during this season of Lent, we're posting devotional podcasts every Monday through Friday. Now, we're going to continue the devotional podcast even after Lent. And the primary reason for that is initially we thought we would use these to prepare our hearts for Resurrection Sunday. And we're going to continue to do that uh, through the devotionals we're doing for Holy Week that we're posting on all of our social media channels. Each of those Holy Week devotionals have a little bit of music, a little bit of scripture, and then some questions that you can talk about with friends and family. And so I hope that you're tuning into those and that you're using those and enjoying them. But we're going to continue this because we're really in a unique season in the life of our world and our country. I believe it's the kind of thing that, that that's changing our nation forever. And, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens next as we, as we begin to come out of this era of social distancing over the fear of the, of the coronavirus and, and things like that. And so I'm confident that through it all that, that God is faithful. And while I don't always understand his ways, and sometimes if I were honest, I'd say, God, I'm not sure I like the direction that we're headed right now, but, but I know that through it all, whether I like it or whether I understand it, that God has always demonstrated that he can be trusted. And so I just want us to continue through this podcast to remind us that God can be trusted. And I always look to God's word as the space and the place where I constantly am reminded of the ways, just there's so many ways God has demonstrated his love for us and the fact that he can be trusted in, in everything. And so I hope you make it your habit to spend unhurried time in God's word just a little bit every day. Read a little bit, make some observations about his word, and then pray that word back to the heavenly father. There's always ways you can go deeper in your study of scripture, and I hope that you'll do that too. But at least on a daily basis, take time to read a piece of it, make some observations about it, and pray it back to the father. That's really what we're doing through these devotional podcasts. And we're going to continue. We keep saying Monday through Friday during Lent and and until Easter Sunday, but we're going to continue after that as well. So I hope you'll stay tuned in and do that. Today we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to read the next section. I think of it as a paragraph. It's it's chapter uh, 2, verses 4 through 9. So it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. And here's what it says. This is Paul talking. He says, but, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, when we, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preached to you the gospel of God. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. Now, if you, if you tuned in yesterday, one of the things you heard is that Paul originally and Silas, they had gone to the city of Philippi. That's the first place that they, that they shared the gospel in Macedonia. And a, a church grew there that was incredible, that loved Paul a lot. And Paul loved them. And you see that in the book of Philippians. 
The second city that they went to was Thessalonica. That's the city that this letter was written to. And and yesterday, in the first few verses of chapter 2, we saw how one of the reasons why Paul had moved to Philipp, uh, from Philippi to Thessalonica was partly because of his missionary journey, but, Paul, but also because of some of the conflict that he was facing. There were people who didn't like what Paul had to say. Some of them were Jewish Jewish people who who just, they didn't like the idea that he had become a Christian and now he was encouraging other Jewish people to become followers of Christ. Some of them were Greek-speaking people who, who were, um, they were, they were Greeks, they were Gentiles, and they would hear his message and it would be contrary to the culture in which they were raised. And so everywhere Paul went, he faced some kind of conflict, some kind of opposition. And now here he is in Thessalonica and there are some people who love what, what they hear from Paul and they've, they've become believers in Christ. They're followers of Christ and they're growing in their faith. But there's also others who are making some accusations about Paul. They're saying about him, well, you know, he's just doing this you know, for selfish reasons or for things like that. And and to some degree, chapter two in First Thessalonians is Paul just simply saying, hey, you know who I am. You know the message that I preached. You've seen exactly how I've acted and what I've done. And 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 realistically, there's not room here for for me to be accused of these things in a way that's valid. I had a friend who used to say that that as believers in Christ, we should strive to live a life that's above reproach. And he would say that it's impossible for us to live a life that's above accusation because anybody, actually he would be a little more brash, he would say, uh, you know, any idiot can hurl an accusation. But if we live a life that's above reproach, when the accusations come, they don't make any sense because our public reputation and our private actions reflect this life that's submitted to Christ. We're living this life that's above reproach so that when the accusations come, they just don't make sense. And as Paul provides, to some degree, a kind of self-defense here, the Thessalonians were seeing this going, yeah, that's exactly who Paul is. He lived a life that was above reproach. Doesn't mean that he was sinless. Certainly, he, he, he was sinful. He made mistakes. But he, he tried to order and structure his life in such a way that when the accusations came, they just didn't make sense because they weren't, they weren't in line with the character of who he is most of the time. And you can see that. It's, it's interesting, verse 4, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Paul's desire wasn't to please men. His desire was to please God. He wasn't ordering his life in order to make himself acceptable to people. He was ordering his life in a way to make himself honorable to God. See, God had already saved Paul. God had already renewed his heart. God was already pleased with Paul. And out of that favor, out of that loving kindness, out of the salvation that Paul had experienced, that became a kind of motivation for Paul to live his life in such a way that it honored the God who saved him. And he's saying here, I'm so so more interested in honoring God than I am in pleasing men. And that's the way I'm going to, I'm going to structure my life because God is my witness. And so I didn't come to you with flattering words. I didn't have to use flattering words. I don't have to say to you deceitful things or covetous things. I don't have to play on your baser nature in order to get you interested in the things of God. Why is that? Well, because the word of God is enough because the truth of God is enough because the reality that God loves you and has given everything for you through his son, Jesus Christ, 
That's enough. It doesn't come with with flowery words. It doesn't it, it, it doesn't need those things. There's a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. That actually is a verse from 1 Corinthians where Paul's saying, I didn't come to you with wisdom of words, but I came to you in demonstration of the Spirit and in power. And he's reflecting that idea here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 7, it says, But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. So here's just some application to this that that I wonder about. I wonder, are you trying to live your life in a way that's above reproach? Not in a way that pleases men, but in a way that pleases God, in a way that causes your reputation, the character of who you are to go before you so that if and when an accusation comes, those accusations just don't make sense because they're not characteristic of who you are. And then more specifically, especially out of verse eight, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Are you, when you have an opportunity to be in your workplace or in your own family or with your friends or with the hobbies that you do, are you that person that's sharing the gospel with people not simply with the words you use, but with the way you serve those people, are you giving your life to them? Are you serving them in a way that shows that you're, you're treating their needs as more significant than your own? That's actually something Paul said in Philippians chapter two, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It, it says that you should let others let others' needs come before your own. Think of others more highly than you think of yourselves. He's reflecting that idea here in Second Thessalonians, or excuse me, First Thessalonians, chapter two, and then verse nine. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. I hope that that's the testimony that I have. I hope that that's the testimony that the members of our church have, that we are the ones who will faithfully work to serve others and that the reason we're working to serve others is so that we might impart to them the love of God through his gospel and the gospel that, that is that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead so that we might be forgiven. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. Let's take a moment to pray that back to our Heavenly Father. So, Father, I pray right now. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for this time that we have. Uh, It really feels like we have unhurried time to spend moments in your word and moments together with our family, moments together with friends online and in other places. Thank you for giving us this time. I know that, that this time may be difficult for some. It may be maddening. It may be boring. But God, I pray that we would make the most of this time to honor you and to draw close to you. And I pray that, that we would be those people who structure and order our lives in a way that, that, are, that we design our lives so that we are more interested in pleasing you than we are in pleasing anyone else. And that as we do, that as a labor of love, we would share our lives with one another, that we would work diligently to serve the people around us, that we would be the first to be thoughtful of the needs of others, that we would be the first to be mindful, to be sacrificial, to be serving of the people around us, that we would look for opportunities to serve one another, and that as we find those opportunities to serve, that we would do that in the context of sharing the gospel with people, that we would help them to see a physical example of the life and the love that you've given to us 
through your son on the cross at Calvary. Father, in just a few days, we get to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, and this year it's going to be different than, than in any of our years in the past. And so I pray that we would make the most of those moments and that we would recognize with or without a building together or separated by time and distance that you are the one through your Holy Spirit that draws us all together and that in those moments we would celebrate and sing your praise and lift you high in a way that causes this entire earth to shout your praise. Because, Father, you did send your son, Jesus, to die on the cross. He did rise from the dead. And as a result of it, not only am I forgiven, I have a right relationship with you. And so I pray that I would be privileged and excited to share that with people. And that I would celebrate that this Resurrection Sunday. That I would celebrate that not just on this Resurrection Sunday, but in this moment and in every moment that follows. Father, we love you so much. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on the platform. Be sure to hit subscribe so you can catch future future episodes and you can help us connect with more people by rating and reviewing this episode or pressing like, leaving a comment or sharing with a friend. You can also catch more devotional thoughts every day through our partner podcast, Follower of One. Everywhere, it's, uh, it's available everywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the platform.